You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey there, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media, of course, and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And hey, this show uh, is also sponsored by DraftKings, and you'll hear uh, a great incentive from them coming up a little later in the show. Uh, Welcome. So glad that you are here with us today. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host of the show each and every Tuesday, uh, and I also happen to be the lead correspondent over at AHLReport.com, bringing you year-round, not just season-long, but year-round coverage of the Laval Rocket and the Montreal Canadiens prospects wherever they may be playing. Uh, We're so glad that you're back here with us today. Uh, First full week of December, hard to believe it. Um, The quarter mark of the season is firmly in the rear view now as teams continue uh, that push towards uh, the holidays and kind of that midway point of the season, which will come Uh, shortly in the new year. And we have lots to talk about today. Uh, In the first segment, of course, as we always do, we're going to get you caught up with a a detailed look at what the Laval Rocket did last week in their three-game schedule, uh, all of which was on the road. They had the continuation of their road trip last week. So we're going to get you caught up on everything that they did uh, and what was happening there. And then in the second segment, you know that Patrick Williams is here every week uh, with us for the AHL Hot Stove. Rick Stevens is also going to join us for that segment. We're always pleased to have him back in the studio for that. Uh, And it promises to be uh, a pretty fun and informative show today. So we're glad you're here. Um, Hope everyone is is doing well as we uh, get into the the holiday season. Uh, And uh, let's not waste a minute. So taking a look at the Laval Rocket for uh, this 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 last week. In fact, if you missed last week's show, I talked a bit about uh, some concerning trends or, you know, basically kind of the highlights of the highs and lows of what we've seen from the Laval Rocket in the first quarter of the season um, that you might want to go back and check out that. And if you want to know what I give as a grade to the Laval Rocket for the first quarter of the season, uh, then I invite you to go to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash allhabs. And subscribe to that channel if you haven't done so already. And check out last week's episode of Habs Hockey Report, where I handed out my quarter grades for the Canadians and for the Laval Rocket and broke down completely why I felt, you know, what what brought me to those grades. Uh, And if you're not familiar with it, Habs Hockey Report is a weekly show that I host on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash allhabs, talking about the Canadians, the Laval Rocket, and uh, interacting with all of the viewers the terrific viewers we have on that show. Um, so now that all of that is kind of in the rear view, well, where did, where did Laval go from there? Well, they finished out their uh, road trip last week. You know, if Laval could go and travel to Utica and play Utica probably as often as they play Belleville and Toronto every year, um, I think they'd probably be pretty pleased with it because for some reason, no matter how poorly Laval is doing at every other turn, they always manage to find a way to eke out a win when they're facing Utica. And they did it again last Wednesday night. Granted, they had to go to overtime to do it. So they did give Utica an all-important point. Um, and I say that 
not only because it's a division rival of theirs, but Utica and Laval at at this time last week were jockeying for positioning uh, to get out of last place in the North Division. And so giving Utica a point was not something that I'm sure Laval really wanted to do, but it did happen. Uh, but Laval ended up coming up with the winner in overtime, winning that one three to two. Um, and like I say, if they could, <laughs> I think if they had their their druthers, they would play Utica all the time because it's the one team that they seem to be able to consistently put up a win against. Um, now, Caden Primo did not travel to Utica uh, because if you remember, uh, we had mentioned that he had left the game the Saturday prior to that after a period because while he was on the bench serving backup goaltending duties, uh, he happened to get uh, somehow crazy kind of accident, got hit in the head with a stick and it split him open. It required stitches. Uh, and apparently uh, the the area of the stitch, there was no concussion, uh, but the area around the cut where the stitches were was still too sore for him to really put a mask on. So he didn't travel to Utica. So that meant young Joe Verbetic got called up from Trois Rivières the kind of um, right now, as far as pro hockey, the only other Habs prospect and in the goaltending position who's in the system uh, as far as pro hockey is concerned. So Verbetic came up. He was backing up Kevin Poulin on this night. Um, and, uh, you know, it was it was something that the Laval Rocket really needed to put together was getting the two points. And they managed to do that. And so briefly, they were out of last place in the, in the North Division. Um, and, uh, you know, it's <laughs> at this stage in the game, um, at this stage in the season with how it's gone, you have to take the small victories wherever you can. Um, and sometimes getting an actual victory in a game is not as small of a thing as, uh, as it might seem. And I should note, note too, again, taking small victories where you can, uh, they did not allow a power play goal against, which for this team in this season is a huge uh, victory. Um, and they managed to put up two power play goals against Utica by Harvey Pinard and Anthony Richard. So special teams had it together. Uh, this was a night that Kevin Polan actually kind of stole the game for them. Uh, Kevin Polan, it, it was, there have been nights that Kevin Polan has been a little shaky. We're going to get to that in, in the weekend's games. Um, but on this particular night, he was very solid, made some good stay, saves, and helped backstop them to the win. So could they put that momentum to good use on their first and only West Coast swing of the season, visiting the Abbotsford Canucks? Uh, yes, for Laval fans, we're not used to have, you know, the the Habs are on that West Coast swing right now, those 10 o'clock and 10.30 p.m. Eastern starts. But that's a that's a regularity for the NHL uh, calendar, not so much for the AHL calendar. So, uh, you know, it was a, it was a late night on Saturday night with a with a 10 p.m. start. Um and then a, a seven a 10 p.m. Eastern start and a and a 7 p.m. Eastern start on on Sunday. But they headed out to Abbotsford to close out the last two games of the four game series against the Canucks for the season. If you remember back to just a week or two ago when Abbotsford uh, played in Quebec, uh, they split that two game series on home ice for the Laval Rocket, uh, winning the first game, losing the second game. So. Um, they were looking to build off of the win in Utica. Laval has not yet won back-to-back -back games this season. Let me repeat that. Laval has not yet won back-to-back -back games this season. Um, there's a lot of things that Laval is struggling with. Um, trailing early, big problem. Uh, taking too many penalties, big problem. Uh, having the worst power play, uh, excuse me, worst penalty kill in the league, big problem. But also cannot win in back-to-back -back games. They're not finding the ability to bring that, the all the positives from getting a win. They're not able to bring it into the next game for some reason. So would this be the time that they could do that? I'll give you the short answer, no. Uh, once again, losing to Abbotsford in the two games in less than 24 hours that the Laval Rocket played against Abbotsford, they gave up 12 goals. 
Abbotsford beat them on Saturday night, 7-5, to five, and then they beat them on Sunday afternoon, 6-3. to three. Um, And so these were not low-scoring games. The defense is struggling. Now, I will say that Laval was dealing with some... Um, some guys missing from the lineup, which didn't help things. However, it's not an excuse because that is the story of every AHL uh, franchise is usually being run over with a litany of NHL recalls and injuries. Um, There is no league that has the kind of roster turnover week in and week out like the AHL does. So saying that is kind of, you know, take it with a grain of salt that they started running into personnel issues and and missing players because that's just something you're supposed to be able to have the depth on on an AHL team to be able to kind of ride out those times. Uh, So in this case, Nate Schnarr back out with an injury. He came back briefly about a week ago, but he was uh, out again with an injury. Caden Primo did not make the trip to Abbotsford, still too sore dealing with that cut. So that meant Joe Verbetic uh, backing up Kevin Poulan. Madison Bowie going out with an upper body injury did not play for the entire weekend. Justin Barron not playing on the Saturday night game. So um, it was very thin uh, at, at the blue line for JF Uhl. Um, that meant Nick Bodan uh, drew in. William Trudeau was in the lineup as well. Um, you know, and and going into Friday night's game, there was one healthy scratch. Because keep in mind, Rem Pitlick is recalled to Montreal. So Joel Teasdale was the only healthy scratch uh, for the Laval Rocket on, on Friday night. And, you know, it's... On the other side of the ice, Abbotsford was dealing with... Um, goaltending holes themselves because Thatcher Demko went down with a with an injury last week and that meant one of their starters their their starter of Connor Connor Delia uh got called to Vancouver in fact uh Habs fans saw him enter the game late 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 on Monday night um and he ended up backstopping them to an overtime win uh so I guess he's doing all right. Uh, so that meant for Abbotsford that they had um, their backup goaltender, who's a young guy who's played in the ECHL. He's not played a ton of AHL games. And then they signed a another ECHL goaltender to a PTO uh, last weekend. So this was not a veteran, uh, you know, big, formidable goaltending tandem that Laval was going to be facing over the weekend. Um, but the Canucks really just kept the pressure on it seemed like you know after van after abbotsford lost that first game in laval a few weeks ago they started to find their footing and they started to put things together and figure things out um and it certainly seemed like that right out of the gate in this game um kevin poulan did get the start um in this game and he he this was an okay game for him he had some good he had some good moments I uh, had some some moments that weren't as terrific, um, but then things kind of all started to come apart. There were a ton of penalties in this game, and I mean a ton. Um, it was very physical. It was nasty. Jan Mishak left the game after the first period. Uh, he got hobbled by um, a, a hit that he took in the first period. Uh, he did not return to the game, and... Both teams, you know, I shouldn't say this was penalties on one side. Both teams were constantly, I mean, 35 penalty minutes for the Rocket, 27 penalty minutes for Abbotsford. Um, And six goals scored in the third period alone. Um, You know, power play goals everywhere. uh, Jesse Ullinen, Peter Abandonado, both scoring power play goals for Laval. But on the other side of things, uh, Phil DiGiuseppe scoring a power play goal, Lane Peterson scoring a power play goal. Uh, so everything kind of balanced out as far as how often they were shorthanded and, and who was giving up power play goals against. But it was just Abbotsford that had the extra edge uh, and they just had the better outcome. 
Um, and so Laval going down uh, with with that one and needed to turn things around right away the next afternoon um, for their last uh, matchup against the Abbotsford Canucks. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a slight editorial detour here and say with Caden Primo's absence because of his uh, because of the cut on his head, this was the first opportunity that Joe Verbetic has had to to even dress for games at the AHL level. Uh, and he served as backup for Kevin Poulin on Wednesday night in Utica. He served as backup for Kevin Poulin on Saturday night in Abbotsford. Um, and I even, I you know, I spoke with with other members of the Rocket Sports Media team, uh, you know, and who, who share this opinion as well. Um, this was a prime opportunity on a back-to-back in Abbotsford one of which, you know, in in local time in Abbotsford, it was a seven o'clock game on Saturday night and a four o'clock game on Sunday. Um, that is ripe for the picking of letting Joe Verbetic get his first AHL start by putting him in on the Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, the organization as a whole for the Canadians is supposed to be focused on development this season. Uh, we know now with Carey Price with Carey Price's future with a giant question mark on it, uh, we know that a focus needs to be put on goaltending. We know that Laval's goaltending has not been reliable. And so this would have been a prime chance to put Joe Verbetic in a game at this point. I mean, if you win or not, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because of course it does. But this was an opportunity to give the guy who you've been you know, who's been getting his experience in your ECHL affiliate, this is this was the opportunity to give him uh, some experience in an AHL start. And I will say, and I even, I said it in my game recap on AHL Report as well, I was disappointed to see the decision be made to put Kevin Poulin right back into net uh, less than 24 hours later in a back-to-back and not give Joe Verbetic the start. Um, I'm just going to kind of put that out there. Um, I felt that that was a missed opportunity um, because it's not like Caden Primo's injury is one that's going to keep him out long term. And so it's likely that Joe Verbetic will will go back to Trois-Rivières at some point soon, which I think is unfortunate. Uh, Do I think Joe Verbetic is is the the key and the answer to the Habs goaltending future? No. But we'd like to see him get out of the ECHL. Um, And so, you know, He's a big kid. He's six foot six. Um, I, I forget about that sometimes until you see him um, on the on you know on the ice near a net, and you realize, oh right, this kid is enormous. Um, you know, big big kid, six foot six goaltender uh, is 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 an interesting asset to have. I digress. Kevin Polan gets the start. Um, Jan Mishak out of this game due to the injury from the prior night and Danik Martell out of this game due to an injury from the prior night. Now, remember I had said Joel Teasdale was the only healthy scratch on Saturday night. So he takes the place of Jan Mishak, but that still leaves a hole where Danik Martell would have been. Literally, there are, there's no one else. So Justin Barron comes back. Was Justin Barron ready to come back from from whatever injury had kept him out the night before? Uh, Only Justin Barron knows that. Uh, But he had to come in as the seventh defenseman so that J.F. Uhl could ice a full roster and play this game. Um, And, well, (laughs) you know, it's, again, it took Laval a little while to even get a shot on goal, but... In a, in a refreshing change of pace, it was the Canucks who started getting into a ton of penalty trouble early on. In fact, they had a lengthy five-on-three power play, the Laval Rocket did, uh, because the Canucks took a, a four-minute high-sticking penalty, then there was a delay-of-game penalty, um, and it was a huge missed opportunity very early in the game Laval basically almost having a full two minutes of five on three play and they didn't convert it. Uh, That's again, when we talk about they miss their opportunities, that's a perfect example of one. And then 
as Laval is wont to do all season, then they started taking penalties. And because the penalty kill is the worst in the league, Abbotsford started to make them pay for it. Tori Dello goes into the box for interference. Tristan Nielsen um, lights the lamp pretty quickly, but it's actually overturned when it's uh, they determined that it was a kicking motion that put it in. So Tori Dello goes back in the box. The power play continues, and, well, then Justin Dowling made sure to put it in legally. Uh, and it kind of went downhill from there. Um, you know, it, it just... The penalties weren't as bad for Laval in this in this game. The Canucks still racked up 35 minutes worth of of uh, power play. Uh, excuse me, of penalty minutes. But things just got nasty. Laval couldn't put it together. Laval was given not one but two extended five on three opportunities in this game, and they didn't convert them at all. That is, and this is a this is a team that actually has something like the sixth best, maybe the eighth, sixth or eighth best power play in the league. Somehow, their power play is working, and couldn't make it work on two really lengthy five on three power plays. Uh, Peter Abandonado did get a power play goal, but um, they gave up two power play goals against. And once again, the third period, things fell apart again. The Canucks putting up three goals in the third period um, to to win this one for, for Vancouver, 6-3. to three. But here's, here's the kicker. Kevin Poulin started to look shaky. Uh, two of his goals against were very soft. They were ones he, would, he could see a mile away, and they still got through him. Definitely ones he would want to have back. And here is where I got frustrated watching this game I said a few minutes ago my thoughts on starting Kevin Poulin in this game over Joe Verbetic and giving Joe Verbetic the experience to get his AHL debut um, and and just put him out there and see what he can do and see see if that doesn't spark your team knowing that they've got a kid back there that they need to play well for 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 big reasons because he's making his AHL debut and no that wasn't this, the decision that was made Kevin Polan gives up his fourth goal uh, five minutes-ish into the third period. And he's pulled from the game. And Joe Verbetic, who has not played a single minute of regulation AHL hockey, is tossed into a game cold. I mean, we're talking third period. We're talking... Five minutes into the third period to make his AHL debut while they're already down four to two, I believe at that point. They're down four to two. And now now you're tossing Joe Verbetic into the fire to say, uh, can you please stop the bleeding so that we can try to get back into this? Talk about high pressure. Talk about not an ideal situation uh, to make your AHL debut as a goaltender. Um, so I didn't, I didn't love that for Joe Verbetic. I would, you know, I'm hoping that he is at least given an opportunity to get an, uh, just a, a genuine AHL start of his own sometime soon. Uh, to his credit, you know, he, he put aside a, a, a save or two, but, um, there was a goal that got past him that there was nothing he could do uh, with it um, when Pug Colson just absolutely ripped one top shelf from the circle. There's nothing he could have done to stop it, um, but it's unfortunate for him. And then uh, they, the Canucks then went on to to put in an empty net goal to to finish it off. So um, Verbetic doesn't get the deck doesn't get credited with the loss. Thankfully, that does sit on Poulin's uh, record sheet. Uh, but just kind of an upside down way to end this game and this road trip. And uh, boy, it's, um, you know, they are back as far as the standings. They are back in last place in both points and winning percentage in the North Division. Uh, they are back in, no, I'm sorry, excuse me, in the conference. Uh, they are just... They are 14th out of 15 in the conference uh, for points. Uh, but when you look at winning percentage, because Laval um, 
has played so many more games than than the rest of the division uh, that their winning percentage is actually last in in the conference. And same thing with the league. As far as the league goes, points-wise, uh, Laval is sitting in 28th place. But again, they've played a lot more games than the, the teams that are around them in the standings. And so if you look at their winning percentage, uh, they are actually sitting in 30th place out of 32 teams of the league. Um, it is just things are things keep going wrong and they keep not getting fixed. Uh, and it's, you know, they flew back, they have Tuesday off, then they will practice Wednesday, Thursday before welcoming, you guessed it, the Belleville Senators to town on Friday night and Saturday afternoon. Um, it will be a, a big test, I think, for them to see if they can at least walk away from the weekend with a split. I mean, if they get two wins, that would be great. But Belleville has had Laval's number all season. Laval has only beaten Belleville once this season. So this is going to be a, a test for them um, because things are just... It's like they keep get it going from bad to worse and there doesn't seem to be anything to spark them in the other direction. Like I said... They get a win and they can't even build off of that. So um, we'll see what the injury situation looks like after a week of a little bit of rest for guys like Jan Mishak, Danik Martell. Uh, I would expect that Caden Primo would be ready to go again uh, by by this weekend. Uh, we'll see where Nate Schnarr is at. We'll see if Justin Barron is still healthy, if Madison Bowie can get back into the lineup. But uh, I would also probably expect to see maybe a call-up or two from Trois-Rivières uh, just as kind of a bit of a cushion because it seems like the Laval Rocket bench is a bit banged up right now uh, and, and things are a little thin. And let's hope, let's just keep our fingers crossed that next week when we come back, we have we have some some more more wins than losses to talk about. That would be that would be that would be fun, <laughs> you know. Uh, we haven't, you know, if if fans who have been a fans who have been fans of the the Canadians AHL affiliate for a number of years, uh, you will remember how horrible the Laval Rockets inaugural season was. Back in 2017-18, um, it was the season after which Sylvain Lefebvre was, they parted ways with with the, that entire coaching staff. Sylvain Lefebvre, uh, Donald Dufresne, Nick Carrier, um, and it was it was one of the worst seasons that the Canadians AHL affiliate had had in, in years. Um, and this is starting to feel like that. We are on the borderline of it being that same type of season. Um, and so it's still early, thankfully. They could still turn things around, but things have to start happening to move them in the right direction sooner rather than later. Otherwise, uh, it's going to be a really long second half of the season. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens this weekend. Every, you know, baby steps, baby steps. Maybe we can maybe we can see them put together their first back-to-back -back win series this weekend, which would be pretty fun. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break when we come back. Patrick Williams and Rick Stevens will be joining me here in the studio for the AHL Hot Stove. You don't want to miss it. I guarantee it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's take a listen to our friends over at DraftKings uh, sponsoring this show. And don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after that. You are listening to the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
welcome back to the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey, I should have reminded you in the first segment, if you haven't done so already, why don't you hand us an early Christmas gift and just hit that subscribe button and the share button. If you could share this podcast on your favorite social media platform, boy, would that be an early Christmas gift for us. It's really the best way to to help us uh, grow our audience and bring more uh, Habs and Laval fans into this great community. So hit subscribe, hit the share button, and uh, we, we thank you very much for it. If you listened to last week's show, you know that Patrick Williams put in a very special request for this week's show. And, you know, when Patrick asks, we deliver here at uh, at the Press Zone and on the AHL Hot Stove. So I would like to welcome into the studio not only Patrick Williams. But that also obviously means that Mr. Rick Stevens is back with us this week. Welcome back, sir. Ooh. <laughs> That was that was a lovely little trill. We each got a little something there. Welcome there to welcome to both of you. Patrick, you said last week on the show, I'm kind of missing the Angels. So it's in my contract. I uh, <laughs> got a stipulation that uh, the Angels must now appear effective immediately. Now, Rick, did you have to pull them away from special uh, like holiday preparations? Well, I just found it interesting that he didn't say that he missed Rick. He didn't say they missed me. <laughs> he said he missed the Angels. So I just <laughs> want to make that point. <laughs> I'm sure it was all your it's just part all of the encompassing, package. I yes, see. Yeah. part of the package. Uh-huh. Well, we have um some fun things to talk about today. Glad to have you both here on the show. Uh let's you know, uh this has been a Patrick Patrick will know. It's as we've done hot stove every week this season, the running theme, it's kind of like a a a joke now behind the scenes of Hmm. Is this week's AHL player of the week going to be somebody who absolutely went off last week because they were playing against the Laval Rocket? <laughs> and once again, the answer is a resounding yes. Um, the AHL player of the week this week is Abbotsford Canucks defenseman Christian Wolanin. Um had four games last week. So it's not all against Laval, but he of those four games, two of them were against the rocket uh and in those four games nine assists and a goal so 10 points in four games last week uh patrick we'll start with you um can you just talk a little bit about uh, uh the season will Landon has had but more importantly the week that he helped uh the abbotsford abbotsford canucks uh come up with yeah so uh, uh belleville senators are on the calendar for this week so I guess uh, <laughs> can start, uh, <laughs> taking bets on who will who will be the next HO <laughs> award winner. But that's right. Uh, so Willan is uh, he's an interesting player. He came up uh, at one point. You know, he was a fairly fairly high prospect. Um, ran into some injury issues early in his career. I think that certainly got him off track, and then got himself kind of on that uh, that cycle of waivers and bouncing from one to the next. Uh, he's been with the LA uh, system, Buffalo, uh, started off uh, in Ottawa. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's had his opportunities, but uh, he's really blossomed this season going into Vancouver's uh, set up there with Abbotsford and uh, now leads all defensemen uh, in assists across, you know, across the entire HL. So, uh, you know, you're having, you know, four assists tonight like you did. Uh, I guess Laval, you know, that's certainly going to uh, you know, boost your numbers. So um, it's kind of a, you know, good, obviously good playmaking, uh, mobile defenseman, but uh, plays with a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of an edge in his game, um, but just has never quite been able to make that step, you know, kind of your classic NHL, NHL bubble guy, but uh, um, certainly I think really finding uh, second life here. Uh, big step for him this season. He's he's not on his last step. He's at least close. Uh, He needed to be coming in and uh, certainly delivered so far. 
And it's interesting, the the Quebec connections there. Of course, his dad being uh, none other than Craig Willannon, played with the Nordiques uh, during the, the 90s. And, uh, and so uh, Christian was actually born in Quebec City um, and has that tie-in drafted by, by um, uh, the Senators organization. Um, and, and as you said, now with Abbotsford and, and that uh, uh, four-assist game on Sunday was uh, a team mm-hmm. record. Um, and, uh, and, and yes, against, against the Laval Rocket. Well, we move from the AHL Player of the Week. And you're right, you're right, Patrick. I think we should start a, a, a friendly, uh, <laughs> friendly competition on, on, on picking out who's going to be the Belleville Senators player that's going to be the most fortunate this coming weekend. Um, but moving from the Player of the Week to the league's Players of the Month for the month of November um, some interesting names cropping up there. We'll start with the overall AHL Player of the Month for November. Coming from uh, that inaugural franchise for this year, the Calgary Wranglers, and that would be none other than Matthew Phillips, um, just uh, has had a t- tremendous month over the month of November. Uh, leads the AHL in scoring with 26 points. Um, well, at least that, that, I mean, that was at least midweek last week. So he's probably even even added to that over this past weekend. But Patrick, can you tell us a little bit about Matthew Phillips? Yeah, for my money, the best player in the league right right now. Mm. Um, dominant, absolutely dominant. Uh, I think he's one of the league. Um, knock against him is his size. He's 5'8". Uh, he wanted to play 16 range, 165. He plays big, though. Like he's playing to go there. Dangerous areas. Plays well with his eyes and uh, you know, uh, excellent instincts, excellent uh, skier. Uh, really solid shot. Uh, I was surprised that you know, especially Calgary, you know, the Flames that is not having a great start this year. That he hasn't gotten more of a shot. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know if the Daryl Sutter type player. Um, you know, I think he should be because you know he's a big player trying to. Uh, real kind of uh, throwback type game, but um, he's he's done everything he can do. I spoke with him last week, and uh, you know his great attitude. Um, I think he's he is one of those you know control we control type players, and um, he's certainly holding up his end of the bargain now. <laughs> he's uh, I think he's up to thirty points now. He had another you know, solid weekend, uh, um, you know, tied for the lead lead uh, with Anthony Richard in goals, and just. Uh, like I said, for my money, the best player in the league. Uh, you know, he had a really good season last year with Stockton, and, and now he's just he's found a whole new new gear, and uh, um, he made that whole Cal- Calgary attack really go. And uh, that's a dangerous team now. They've uh, won eleven of thirteen, and uh, they're showing no signs of slowing down. Well, hopefully, that's a name that uh, we'll then get to see, uh, perhaps in the NHL at some point soon, uh, if if he gets a call up to Calgary. Um, Another name that I know, this is someone that you had a uh, had a feature on um, on the league's website uh, in in recent weeks would be the rookie of the month for the month of November for the AHL, and that is uh, Sammy Walker playing for the mm-hmm. Iowa Wild. Uh, in his twelve games that he played in the month of November, uh, five goals and eight assists. Um, what can you tell us about this this young man and and what he's shaping up to be this season for the Iowa Wild? Yeah, he's kind of an earlier version, a little bit more less refined version of Phillips. Um, small, uh, slight of stature. Um, you know, plays a kind of a gritty type game. Um, shot, I think, is is getting there. He's not quite there yet with the shot, but he's certainly, uh, I think, improving and, and, and making it a priority. And um, uh, he's a Minnesota kid through and through. Uh, played. Uh, high school, which obviously, you know, is a huge deal in, uh, in that state at Edina, which is uh, one of the big power schools here, uh, three-year captain at the University of Minnesota. Uh, we were originally a Tampa draft pick, uh, didn't sign there, did sign with the Minnesota Wild uh, this past summer and um, started off in Iowa, just absolutely dominant, uh, you know, different points. And, uh, uh, player that, you know, that's a you know, reasonably solid Iowa team, but uh, he's kind of been the big catalyst uh, 
after that whole attack. And, um, you know, he's, he's a player I expect to see in Minnesota before too long. Uh, and last but not least on the list, we have the AHL goaltender of the month. Um, and this one will even have a bit of an update for uh, because he he he's got some some news surrounding him today. Uh, but the Hershey Bears own Hunter Shepard going six zero and zero in the month of November with a one sixty three goals against average and a nine thirty six save percentage for the month. Um, this is uh it's it's pretty incredible. You know, Zach Focali's been kind of holding his own uh, there in Hershey, having having some success. But Hunter Shepard has come in and and really made a name for himself as well. Yeah, an interesting case. He's 26, uh, went to college path. Uh, he's actually in the ECHL uh, up until fairly recently uh, coming in this year. Um, he's, I think he's might have passed for Kali on the, the death chart there uh, with Washington. So a really good opportunity. I mean, that's a... a Hershey's been uh, kind of a one-two team the entire late season, uh, late standings with Providence. And, uh, real strong defensive club already. You know, only a month and a half in, they're, you know, they look like a team or the type of team you'd see in a February or March in terms of how how together and structured they are already. Uh, now I say that they lost 7-3 to three yesterday, but uh, that's kind of a, a blip in the road. Uh, but um, they... Uh, Shepard is, uh, he's come a long way. Uh, you know, I don't think he'll be counted on to do much uh, while he's up there, but, you know, depending on Darcy Kemper's situation, uh, could, could be there for a bit. And uh, so you'll have, uh, you know, that's, that, you know, kind of that old Laval Habs connection with Charlie <laughs> Lindgren. And then, uh, you know, you have uh, Shepard's partner uh, from Cali, um, so now it's weird kind of how these things all kind of come together and uh, you, know, you see that that hockey is a small world in that sense. And, and just uh, the, the route to, to the NHL is, is always fascinating. Um, and Hunter mm-hmm. Shepard, uh, he turned 27 last month, um, you know, a couple of years in the North American hockey league in Bismarck, North Dakota. And, and, uh, then a terrific career at UMD, like a really solid four-year career at UMD, and and in his last year was a captain, uh, which is interesting in enough for uh, for a goaltender. Yeah. And and then you know the the last couple of seasons um, trying to find his way, as you said in the ECHL and and uh, AHL. Um, but what an what an interesting um, goaltender prospect that he is. Yeah, um, he's come a long way, uh, you know, kind of where he was even a year ago, uh, where he is now. I, I didn't see him kind of putting it together um, this quickly, uh, but, you know, he's in a really good setup. I think that helps, you know, you know uh, he's not necessarily a young goalie, but he's not all that experienced at the pro level. So he's, he's in a good situation. So it just gives a, a you know, a goalie who's still developing, you know, a real good uh, foundation to work in. You know, you, you just have that that comfort level that you know you have a good good group in front of you, and you know if you make a mistake, it's not always going to you know burn you. So um, I, I really like that whole setup that Washington has with Rasheed. Uh, I think Shepard's a real beneficiary of that. Well, speaking, Rick, of of you know, always fascinating to to see how different and what kind of journey different guys need to take on their path to the NHL. That leads us to the last guy that we want to talk about today. Um, and that's Will Bitten, uh, a former Montreal Canadiens prospect uh, who finally uh, got a call up to the St. Louis Blues um, just in the last few days, uh, making his NHL debut. Um, he's, when he left the Laval organization, he was playing in Iowa for a little while um, and I won't go go too much too far down that path, but we we saw him a lot last season when he moved to the Springfield Thunderbirds, and Laval was uh, playing against him an awful lot in the playoffs. Um, we even had uh, we had uh, Will uh, here on the show for for an interview uh, that that we all got to speak to him uh, for for that during in the lead up to that to that run. So I guess kind of 
twofold here. Patrick, I'm going to ask you just to speak about Will Bitten in terms of what being a part of the Springfield Thunderbirds has done for him in his game uh, and and how he has grown as a player for Springfield. And then and then following that, Rick, um, I'd like to talk to hear from you a little bit about really what his journey has been like um, in in playing the waiting game and getting to the NHL. So, Patrick, if you could start, just give us a little bit of background on, on really what the move to the Springfield Thunderbirds did for Will Bidden. Yeah, he was one of those players. He'd been in Iowa for a while. I think he had kind of plateaued and, um, you know, he has a certain point. Um, the writing's on the wall that you're not, you know, the plants of the NHL team. And um, I think just gave him a new lease on life. It was a mid-season deal. So he comes in there, right, kind of as Springfield really started to find their stride, too. So he came in at a good time. And um, I thought for my money, he was the best player ever uh, with Springfield in the playoffs, um, especially in Alabaster. He was such a catalyst. Uh, uh, just he made that team go. And he, exactly the kind of you know player that he is is what he lived up to. Uh, so I like the fact that he's going to St. Louis. That's a team now that's had some struggles. Uh, he's a good energy guy. There. And, uh, um, you know, he's obviously anyone who knows him knows he's, he's a smaller player, but he's always been um, just a uh, real standout here last year. I think the good thing for him is he carried it right over to this year. And so, Rick, you know, this was – it's 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 always interesting, as you say, to to really follow the journey. And sometimes the journey happens a lot faster or isn't as twisty and turny and curvy as others. But uh, Will Bitten's uh, this is kind of like a, a pretty big celebration uh, for him to finally finally realize that dream of of getting an NHL start. So his journey from draft day to his first game in the NHL was two thousand three hundred and fifty two days. Uh, from June 25th, 2016 in Buffalo. And we were there and we, we met and talked with, with Will on that day um, all the way to his debut with uh, St. Louis on, on Saturday night and, and him getting to go on the ice, gets a hug from Tarasenko and then he's sent out on the ice to do his, his uh, lap with a helmet uh, given the, the rules <laughs> in the NHL and the new rule change in the NHL. But um, you know, Will Bitten is always, he's been that same guy. He's super smart, great vision, a terrific skater. And the word tenacious is sometimes overused, but he's tenacious all over the ice. He's a tenacious forechecker. He's a tenacious backchecker. Um, and I, re well, we, we saw him in his draft year. That was the year that he was, um, he had a good tournament. The, the Halinka tournament Canada won gold. Um, he had an invite the the following year to um, the Canadian Junior, uh, the the um, World Junior Camp, and and didn't wasn't part of the team, and then went on to um, play for uh, uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs. And uh, just when you thought uh, that he might get a chance um, with uh, the uh, the Canadians, uh, the Canadians organization in the AHL. Uh, early October, he was traded to to Minnesota and started with traded for Gustav Gustav. His name was Gustav mm. Gustav Olsen. Olsen. No, yes. Gustav Olsen. <laughs> That's right. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and and uh, continued with the Wild. Um, he's just uh, I he's he's a f one of my favorites to talk to. As you said, we talked to him before. Um, he's the kind that that does have an impact uh, on his teammates, on his line mates, on a locker room, um, and uh, just thrilled for him, absolutely thrilled for him uh, that he has, you know, persevered all this, all these 2,352 days until he got his opportunity um, yeah, to, to play in the NHL. And it's really, um, you know, Patrick, I know that, that, you see it all the time or all around the league. And, and it's one of the things that the three of us have always uh, had in common is really appreciating the stories of perseverance and persistence and never giving up on that dream uh, that, that kind of embodies the AHL. Um, and 
unfortunately, you know, there's more oftentimes that not than not that those stories in the AHL don't end uh, with that NHL dream coming true, even just for one game. So um, it's pretty special. Um, we've got two guys on the on the that we've talked about on the hot stove this week, two of them getting to realize that NHL dream, um, no matter what the path uh, required for them to get there. Yeah, I mean that's the theme of the AHL. You know, it's uh, you know it's a place of opportunity, and a lot of a lot of things have to go right. And you know, certainly, you know, it doesn't always maybe end the way a player would like it to. But um, you know, it's a path to the NHL. It's second best league in the world, and uh, you know, if you if you do the right things and if you get a little bit of luck along the way, it uh, it can pay off. Well, it was very fun having both of you back here on the show. It was just like old times. Great to be here. Get a little, yeah. get a little tear. Uh, the angels were here, which everyone is happy that the angels were here. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll have to have, uh, we'll have to make sure that the three of us are back together for a hot stove again very soon. But thank you to both of you for being here. Uh, it was a, it was a ton of fun. Lots of great stories to talk about today, uh, and just always appreciate having you both here for your insight. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. It is always tremendously fun to have all three of us back together for the AHL Hot Stove. Myself, Patrick Williams, Rick Stevens. Thank you, gents, uh, for for joining me today. It was a it was a great conversation as always, uh, and uh, it's you know it's they both of them bring so much in great insight and information and knowledge and analysis. Uh, and it's just really great having both of them uh, here on the show this week. Thank you so much to them for being here. Uh, and thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening. Uh, we we couldn't do this without you each and every week. And we're so grateful that you do come back each and every week. And as I said at the end of the first segment, hopefully next week we'll have some more wins to talk about for the Laval Rocket. Let's all just let's just all make early Christmas wishes <laughs> for the Laval Rocket that they Santa comes a little early and maybe they can get some some positive things going uh, down there in Laval. Uh, again, don't forget to hit subscribe. Uh, you don't ever want to miss an episode of The Press Zone. Uh, share this podcast on your favorite social media platform and then Come back here next week for another great episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.